Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light. Oh, all day light. Oh, all night light. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Ah. Keep it all. Keep it all. Keep it all. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Rapine along with Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers for 923thefan and 923thefan.com, and we are packed and stacked with stuff to get to today. That includes Odell Beckham Jr., who was introduced to the media yesterday in Berea. Daryl was there all over it, raining on my parade, raining on the Indians parade, because yesterday was also the home opener. We'll talk Tribe on today's podcast as well. We'll leave with the Browns, though. But first, a quick reminder to subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever. You get your podcast, including 923thefan.com, your five-star reviews, and I see them coming in. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, it's great because it helps more Cleveland sports fans find this podcast. Daryl, let's dive into it. Let's start with the Brownies. Huge day in Berea yesterday. All sorts of news that we need to sift through and talk about, but let's start with the star. Odell Beckham Jr. was in town. He arrived in neon Nike gear. And Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., by the way, have their own Nike commercial together. You can watch that at 923thefan.com and check out all of Daryl's coverage from yesterday. But what was one or two things, Daryl, that that stood out to you being in that press conference, hearing Odell Beckham Jr., hearing Baker Mayfield, hearing Jarvis Landry, and even a little bit of Miles Garrett talk about the new-look Browns? Well, uh, first of all, the the circus has arrived. Uh, I mean, that was an <laughs> I mean that was an NFL draft. Odell crowd, Beckham Jr. is here, baby. You know, in that media room, it, it that's it my was, Hugh Jackson voice. It was packed. OBJ's here, baby. I'm trying to remember that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, that room was just so packed. I mean, Baker mentioned it a couple of times. Jarvis noticed it. <laughs> you know, Baker's like, uh, you guys didn't do this for us last year. But, um, you know, NFL Network and ESPN, uh, I walk into the, the studios this morning <laughs> and one of the lovely uh, DJs here <laughs> was ribbing me because uh, uh, General Hospital got preempted for the oh, OBJ man. presser. and. And now, I mean, it's a Brownstown, and it's going to be a Brownstown. And it's, it's going it, to, it, I think it was crazy when LeBron was here with the Cavs the second time around with the big three. This is, I think, going to be 10 times that. I, I really do, because it's the NFL, the most popular sport, the Browns, the most popular team in town. The, the, obviously, the team's been down for 20 years, so everybody likes a reclamation story. It's a feel good story. So um, the attention that the franchise is going to receive, that, that's the first thing that stood out. The second thing that stood out to me was, just I, I think that Odell's still kind of coming to terms with everything that's happened, just like we all are. Like, I mean, I'm sitting there looking up there, and it's not like I'm looking at Corey Coleman 
Emmanuel Ogba, Carl Nassib, Sean Coleman, and Cody Kessler. I'm looking up, and there's Miles Garrett, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., and Baker Mayfield. Like, I, it was the intro of intros without being overdone or over you know what yeah I mean? there like, were there it wasn't the fireworks that the big three in miami when lebron right. left cleveland the first time you know it wasn't the parade it was the right trend the right mood setter i would say yeah i mean it's just it and, was, and the other thing sorry to cut you off the, the one takeaway i had based on and you're right i think odell beckham jr is kind of feeling things out but it isn't feeling out cleveland i think he's happy to be here he's just it's kind of surreal that he's joined yeah Jarvis Landry. Eli he, Manning's not going to be overthrowing him now. It's going to be Baker Mayfield it's dropping surreal. dimes over He has over this dancing shoulder. quarterback who he can relate to, yeah. who's close to his age, who is, isn't afraid to say F off, who isn't afraid to say screw the media or screw this or screw... You know, the same... Like, he has... Baker's mentality is Odell Beckham Jr.'s mentality, yeah. and I think that is is a lot to process as well. But I don't think it's him digesting Cleveland. No, 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 no. This is and and he even said it yesterday. He goes, "I could be in Sheboygan. It, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I don't need to be in New York. I don't need to be in because that, listen, that's the national narrative. You're you're in Cleveland. You you know Cleveland sucks and all that. That's just the nat. You know national you, narrative if, of Cleveland is ridiculously it wrong. is. And if you've ever been here or spent any time here, it's a great town. And I'm not here to do the, the the destination Cleveland, you know, Chamber of Commerce pitch here, but yeah, I, we have a lot of really cool stuff here, you know, and and I think that I've been Odell, here for five months, and I could say that I yeah, could attest to it. So I, go ahead. I, I, I mean, we are we we have the assets of a major major city like New York or Chicago or Los Angeles, but we have a very small town feel to us. Um, I call it a little big town, and. and uh, so I no I, I don't think it's it's the the did shock you make of that you know up on being, your own? Be, what's that did you make that up on your own I did uh, isn't there like a band or something called Little yes. Big Town Okay I, very I, original I, I thought that's where you were going with that <laughs> um, I'm not a country music fan so uh, I probably should be though <laughs> judging by who goes to their concerts anyway I digress uh, but I don't <laughs> think this has anything to do with him being in Cleveland or you know the the Browns or it's just it's the it's life, you know. He's picking up his life. You did a couple months ago. You picked up your life with your fiance and moved from Cincinnati to Cleveland. It's kind of a a similar situation for him, and um, I, I do think that he's kind of trying to come to terms with that. Also, that his dream came true. You know, yeah. something that he and Jarvis Landry talked about since you know they were in high school about playing together in the NFL, being on the same team, trying to win championships together. They went to college together. Uh, at LSU. So I think just all of that, you know, compartment, just all of that is, I, I think, it, like, it's just setting in for me, you know, the, the LeBron James of the NFL. And I, the reason I call him the LeBron James of the NFL is because, like, he's the face of the league. Like, mm-hmm. you could, you could, I, I realize Tom Brady and, you know, the quarterbacks around the league, Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, and, but, but, he is one of the superstars of the league. He is one of the faces of the National Football League, and he's now a Cleveland Brown. And not only is he one of the faces, he's one of the the best players in the league. Uh, You can make an argument he's the best player at his position in the entire league. So that's why I use that LeBron analogy and the the attention and the focus and, and with it, obviously, the criticism and scrutiny and but the social media following, he's got 13 million Instagram followers and millions of Twitter followers. And like, 
that guy's a Cleveland Brown. Like he isn't he is now an ambassador for us. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was great that he talked to LeBron about playing in Cleveland and, and he and, and LeBron told him, You're gonna love it there. It's it's a great place to play. Um, you know, LeBron, I don't think this time around left Cleveland because he hates Cleveland. He he left Cleveland because he just he wanted to go live his life. He wanted to, you know, get himself set well, up. I don't for... think he left either time because he hates Cleveland. Right. Uh, he just he he just but, wanted yeah. he he wanted to live his life. It wasn't personal, even though I think uh, not think we did. We took it personally that he left. Sure. Especially the first time, but yeah, a little bit a little to the lesser degree the second time. We still take took it personally that he left again. But you know, LeBron. Telling him, hey, you're going to love it in Cleveland. You're going to love playing for the Browns. The, the people there, they love the Browns. They worship the Browns. They're the they're the the pride and joy. Even though they've well, they've been the shit show of the town for 20 years. They are still beloved. Um, and if you win there as a member of the Browns, you know you're you're gonna you'll be a you'll be a legend for life. You know, Bernie Kosar never won a Super Bowl here, and and he was a very good player. I wouldn't say Bernie Kosar was an elite elite quarterback of his era um but he was a he was very very good he was the face of the browns i mean he the guy played with broken bones in his body and and played at a high level um and he and those players you know the felix Wrights and the webster slaughters and eric metcalfs and you know i they, those players today are still revered in this town and 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 so um i, I think that odell is going to come to really love it here but it, it he is has a, a chance to be a legend. It's it's it, it is it's quite the shock. And, and if he's still they coming to terms. and if they deliver, let's just say they win a Super Bowl. I, listen, I wrote it yesterday. There will be statues. Yeah, well, I listen, I'm, I'm letting you know now. I, I know, but it, just, I, it takes one. There'll be a statue of Baker and OBJ. Uh, I, I wrote late uh, Monday night after all the you know the festivities you know took place that um, it's kind of like. It was the be- I was looking at the Beatles yesterday, the Fab Four. You know the the Cavs had the big three. The Browns have the Fab Four: mm-hmm. Miles, Jarvis, Baker, Odell. I know they've got other great players. You know Demarius Randall and, and Nick Denzel Chubb. Ward, Nick you know, Chubb. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. But I'm just it. It just it was like that that setting yesterday and those players up there. And like I said, I, I've been through some whoppers. I, I remember like Willie McGinnis at the end of his career when he signed with the Browns and like that was a big deal. And Paul Kruger came from the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. and That was a big contract. Yeah, yeah it was. And um, you know, Charles Bentley, I remember that introductory press conference. Like it was like all the draft press conferences the Browns Did this had one feel different? Oh, of course it felt different, but – just you know, remembering all that stuff that I've covered all over the years mm-hmm. and all the victory laps the organization like took at the time, rightfully so. I mean, at, at the time, nobody was criticizing a lot of the moves and whatnot, sure, just because the because uh, they look good. Yeah, it was optimism reigned supreme. But when I when I was in that room yesterday and listening to those guys talk and answer questions, it was it, it was like the reason it felt different was. I guess because I now expect that the Browns are going to win. Like I, I'm when's no, the last time you said that? I couldn't tell you. Mid nineties. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's it's got to be um, them, right? Because 
07, no one expected them to win. Yeah, in 07, 07 was a bizarre year. I mean, 07, they got their ass kicked in the first game. They traded Charlie Fry the, the very next day. They, they became the first team in history to trade their week one starter. Like, the, so weird. And, and then and then Derek Anderson comes on and he, and he bought out. like 4,000 yards. They had six Pro Bowlers that year. Braylon Edwards caught for 1,000 yards. Kellen Winslow caught for 1,000 yards. Like, it just it was the perfect storm. Uh, but it just wasn't good enough to, to get in the play. But I never expected that the team was going to to win. Like I expect these guys to win football games now, mm-hmm. and I and they should as, as just as a, an observer and reporter of the team. Like I, I I couldn't tell you. No, I mean you asked me when's the last time I expected the Browns. I couldn't tell you. And that to me, that's what yesterday. That's what that trade. That's what the. This whole offseason has been. You like, finally, just, you finally get your quarterback, and now it's time to build around. Yeah, him. like and, and they've done it. I, I'm just curious how it's, what the story is going to be, what, how it's going to play out. You know, how many yards is Baker going to throw for? Uh, you know, what what kind of numbers are is Odell going to put up? And Jarvis I think Jarvis Landry, ready for a take? He's going to have the best season of his career. What's the big criticism of Jarvis Landry? He ends up with 100 catches, and he, I know he didn't last year, but right. he ends up with 100 catches and less than 1,000 yards. So average 9.8 yards per catch. Right. That's going to bump up. He's going to average the most, and I don't have the numbers in front. I bet he'll average the most yards per catch of his career because Odell is going to open things up so much. Landry's going to be able to run after the catch. It's not going to be a quick 8-yard slant, and then he's right. falling. He's going to get 12, 13, 14, 15 yards chunk plays, and I know he's not a downfield threat, Right. but that to me – that's where he's going to thrive. He'll be in that slot, and he's just going to have so much success. I wouldn't be surprised if he has more receptions think than about, Odell, or, or right in, right in that in line with how many OBJ has. Well, think about this from a talent, and this goes to one of the other themes yesterday uh, th- that I wrote about, and, and they talked about. Freddie Kitchens talked about the, you know the whoop the hell comment about the roster on paper, yeah. you know, looking like they're world beaters and that. And again, the Browns have had many a roster on paper where they look like that they were going to be a serious threat, and they go out and go for and 12 or 5 and 11. I don't think they're going to do that this year. Um but they still got to prove it. They you know they, they obviously they got to stay healthy, but when I when I look at on paper, they have the potential to have 2000-yard receivers and they have two running backs on the roster capable of putting up 1000 yards on the ground each too. And I know you know Kareem Hunt's not going to get 1000 yards because he's only going to play 8 games this year or we think he's going to play 8 games this year. I'm just saying though the potential on paper of what they have. Like they've never had that kind of firepower where you have two running backs capable of 1000 yards, two wide receivers capable of 1000 yards and a quarterback that could conceivably I think Baker Mayfield's going to break the franchise passing record this year uh, for passing yardage. I think he came very close to completion percentage. Uh, a completion percentage record. He like he was challenging. I forget what it was last year, but he was challenging Otto Graham for uh, a completion percentage record last year. I think he finished like one or two uh, tenths of a, a point behind it. But um, I think Baker's going to rewrite the franchise record books. Odell has a chance to do it. This has the potential to be magical. Oh and yeah, very very four thousand one hundred thirty two yards is the the record for passing yards in a season. He can throw for five thousand. He's got he's got. The I think he's going to throw for four thousand. There are bad quarterbacks or average quarterbacks in today's NFL that throw for four thousand that don't have the weapons. Baker How about has. this? So last year he threw for thirty seven twenty five, 
Yeah. And, and he's sixth. So that was sixth in Nebraska. I understand that. That's but, crazy. But no, he set the franchise rookie record. And you know who had the record? Don't look. Don't be cheating. Don't I'm, don't don't be I mean, cheating. Technically, I'm looking. Right? I know. You, you who? Are. Bernie? No, Brandon Whedon. He broke Brandon. Brandon Whedon had it. Brandon Whedon, thirty-three hundred yards. Yeah, he had the franchise rookie record for passing yardage. Okay, if that doesn't really put <laughs> encapsulate how bad the Browns have sucked. Yeah, his numbers don't look that bad. I, I'm I'm not saying he was good. I'm saying his Listen, numbers for that rookie year. This is a he guy. He was just 35 when he got drafted. The, the, That's the problem. This is a guy who, for his first NFL game, got caught under the big flag. Okay, I know this. This is a guy that that went science, viral. Everybody knows that. The, like it's legendary. This is a guy who was smashing clay pigeons on ESPN Sports Science with footballs. Okay, and we thought like we got the next Joe Montana. No one this thought is, that at the time before he actually played against the defense. Didn't yeah? Didn't people? You might have been the one he, that told me that that he looked great in practice. Oh yeah, I it was the be, he was like the best quarterback I had ever seen in practice, and then then I actually saw him play. Uh, this is a guy who went flipper against the Detroit bleeping Lions in a game. Where he was about to go down and he backhanded, underhand, just flipped the ball right to a Detroit Lions player. Like, you can't make this shit up, all right? This is the stuff that we've watched for 20 years. And I haven't even scratched the surface. I Gary Baxter was like the, the signing of signings, right up there with them signing LaCharles Bentley. What happens to Gary? He's playing against the Ravens. He blows out not one... But two knees, like the, you want to, the, the Browns, if they didn't have bad luck, they'd had no luck at all. Okay. Uh, the, the stuff that LaCharles Bentley blew out his knee on the first play of training camp after signing as a free agent to come home and play for his hometown team. This is an all pro center was destined for the hall of fame career over after that. Like this is the stuff that would happen to the Cleveland Browns. Okay. I don't even think like yesterday thought about none of that is I'm, is I'm you know watching because that's usually the thing like and it's human nature I, I admit their time like all right well how's this gonna go to hell in a handbasket feels good now but these are the browns you know stuff's gonna go like because, i'm telling you because th- it this always is what has. It, this is what it feels like when a perennial loser i saw it in cincinnati i we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago the 90s Bengals are the browns they were awful I mean, t- losing 70-7 to to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the late 90s. Uh, barely scoring points. Just awful, dreadful. Akili Smith. Yeah. You want to talk about draft failures? They did all that, and then they found their quarterback. And then they found two wide receivers and Chad Johnson and TJ Ezra. Like, the the comparisons are crazy. Like I, I because Except I've for seen I think this. that this team's more talented. This team's way teams. more talented because I, I think, here's the thing, I think defensively, they're more talented. In offensively, obviously, it's an offensive game NFL-wise. But so, and you could argue Chad Johnson versus Odell Beckham, whatever. They're both great. And, and TJ Hushman's out and, and Jarvis Landry, both great. I'd say they're bigger stars than those two guys uh, back in the Queen City. But defensively, they have it and they have a star. Yep. I, I just, this is, but this is what it feels like. I remember it. it and it was so much fun seeing it. This is what it feels like to have hope again. Like to I, have a real chance 
to to win and win consistently and win for a long time. Like and this it, is going to be the first year where I'm actually going to want to wake up on a Monday morning. I'll do you know I'll do my morning spiel with 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 Ken and Anthony, and and my routine is is typically when I'm done with that I fire up the game, you know from the day before and I rewatch it and just to you know confirm what I thought I saw the day before and you know if there's something I missed or whatever you know so I was prepared for the afternoon press conferences and availabilities and whatnot like this will be the first year like where I'm actually going to want to do that like I'm actually going to want to watch the games again over and over and over where it's like not a job like it's my it's my job to do that it's my you know I that's my homework but it might not feel like work it's not going to feel like work like I, I can't wait to watch these guys play and the the thing, and this is where I'll give John Dorsey credit, and we'll talk about all the moves he's made, and he's made moves. He made all types of moves yesterday. More to come he with made Duke a few. Johnson. Um, you have to cash in when it's like this. Yeah. It's easy to think. Think about the Seahawks in 2012. They were the next dynasty. It's a good thing they got that Super Bowl in the think, can, right? Think about— Well, we thought the same thing with the Cavaliers when they won in 2016— Okay, we're we're sitting here doing talk shows about well, how many championships are gonna we gonna now win in Cleveland? Are we gonna turn into the next Boston? You know, because the, the Indians they, they were almost the did it. Right, yeah. they were in the World Series, and and you know we were all hoping the Browns would get their stuff together, and 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 we're saying, well, yeah, you know, the yeah, the Indians are gonna win a couple World Series, the Cavs with LeBron, they're gonna win a couple more NBA champions. Then Kevin Durant goes to. The Golden State Warriors and Changes that ended everything. that, and and it completely changed the landscape of the the, the NBA. Sashi Brown drafted Carl Nassib, Cody Kessler, and Emmanuel Ogba, and 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 all the guys that aren't here anymore. Um, and but optimism every year reigns supreme where the Browns were concerned. But the you point know, is- now you can actually see when you look at this roster, like it, it's 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 not a joke, it's not a punchline, it's not a Hey, maybe the Browns are actually not lose ten games this year. You know, like the the snark, the snarky, sarcastic look at the team that we typically have. Like it's it's legit. What John Dorsey has done with this football team is legit. It there it's it's not smoke and mirrors. It's not he just patched a few holes. He gutted and rebuilt the roster. And you look at the quality of players. That he brought he he re, like Emmanuel Ogba is a good player. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know that Emmanuel Ogba is ever going to be an elite player, but he's a good football player. He's one of Sashi Brown's better draft picks. Okay, mm-hmm. he wasn't good enough to play here anymore because he got replaced with a Pro Bowl defensive end. All right, think about that. A good football player, solid player. Not good enough to play here anymore because he got replaced by a Pro Bowl defensive end. Duke Johnson. That's the level we are at with this franchise. Duke is is getting replaced by Kareem Hunt, and I know there's a suspension. Good might be good, but with the Cleveland Browns, good is no longer good enough. And that's the point. Windows come and go like that. They come and go like that. And it feels like now all of a sudden the Browns' window starting to open up the division – very much in the air. The Steelers are weaker than ever. The Ravens are a question mark. The Bengals are down. What do you do? You go for it. Got to jump in and get You it. go for it. And that's what John Dorsey did, and that's what happened yesterday, and, and he's going for it. And he's doing it in a way where it's not like it, it's hurting them long term. You, oh, you no. mentioned Olivier Vernon. You could cut him. 
Well, yeah. Well, you, you, they but they could. You know, they could move on from a lot of these guys in a couple years. It's not like they're going to be in cap hell, and I right. know that's the one knock on Dorsey. So, just to to tie this all together, yesterday it's exciting. The Browns legitimate contenders. Dorsey's going for it. A lot of people compare this to Madden, and I've heard that like nationally. It ain't Madden. I think they, I love everything they've done this offseason. See, here's the thing. You I love it. I remember we talked about you like you have your reservations about Freddie, and I get it. He's a first year head coach. He he's never been a head coach before. But when I listen to him talk, and and listen, I've been around a lot of bullshit artists. Okay. I've heard it all. I don't get that from Hugh Freddie. Jackson's here, baby. Um he is as down to earth, matter of fact, realistic. As they come, you know, he just, he said it yesterday. He said, yeah, we look great on paper. We're not a team yet. Like we've got a lot of really good individual talent. And he goes, look, look at the pro bowl guys we brought in. He goes, and it's not the politically correct thing to say, considering they're my players, but how many playoff games have they won? None. Okay. And I think that he really is going to be, the perfect fit for this bunch. I, 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 I get. He such, might be. I get such a great vibe from him, and I think that his down-to-earth approach in how he talks to people, how he treats people, how he relates to people, I think it is gonna be perfect. I loved. When, you know, because we were hammering him on the fact Duke didn't show up. Emmanuel didn't show up. Obviously, later in the day, they trade Emmanuel. We find out later in the day that Duke wants the hell out of here and wants to be traded because he's not going to get his touches here anymore. Um, I liked, and, and Odell's probably flying out of town to get his life in order and stuff like that. I loved when he said, you know what? No, nothing is going to draw a line in the sand between me and my players. Nothing you guys say. No offense to you guys in the media, but nothing you say are right is going to cause a problem within our football team. You don't matter. And again, no offense to you in the media, you don't matter to us. What you say and write has no bearing on what we do on a football field. I I just I I thought it was honest and and just matter of fact. And I I just think that his personality and his way of dealing with people is going to be what this team needs to bring all these big person because that's the concern. Baker's got a big personality. Odell's got a big personality. I don't know Kareem Hunt as far like, you know, like within the football framework. I don't know if there's he's a got potential a distraction there for sure. You know, or, or there is a distraction. Right, there, there is the a distraction because he's got to serve the suspension and that. But just everything wash seems to wash off Freddie Kitchen's shoulders. He's not worried about what John Dorsey's doing. He's not consumed with that. He's not consumed with what the media is saying and writing like other coaches have been. And like I said, this is the first time that not only am I looking forward to watching this team play, and not from the standpoint of like I'm not looking forward to watching the train wreck and watching it burn, (laughs) but just legitimately looking forward to watching these guys play. Uh, But I, I, I think that Behind the scenes, all this stuff that has happened over the last 20 years, all the infighting, backstabbing, people not staying in their lane, and you know, all that 
because it's been every regime. Sashi and Hugh. Petten and Farmer. Chudzinski, Lombardi. Eric Mangini wouldn't even have a GM worth a damn here. He had George freaking Kokinas, who like lasted six months, okay? Whose only job was to hit the fax machine with the paperwork to the <laughs> legal. And he couldn't even do that. Um, you know, uh, Romeo Cornell and Phil Savage didn't have the smoothest working relationship. You know, go back to Butch Davis when he had uh, McCracken was here and, you know, his his puppet to like just it just it is always a, a real toxic environment in mm-hmm. the building. You know what I mean? Like it just it they never had the right mix of personalities right now. They got the right mix of personalities. And what I think is interesting about Freddie and in any industry, in any business, you want this. You want to be relatable. Oh, he's abs- he's absolutely <clears throat> relatable. A one hundred percent. He's got that southern charm, and, and I don't mean to the media. And by the and way, I don't I mean to the fans, but he, is, but he is related. Yeah, because I, I was born in New Orleans, so yeah. I can use it. But no, he's got, he's got a very southern, charming personality. He's got a very good, relaxed disposition about him. He doesn't seem to get rattled or or ruffled if he gets asked the question. It, even he might be looking at you saying you're an asshole for asking the question, but I, but he he understands that the question has to be asked. Like he he gets it. Let's just like he understands it and 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 that it to me is what just one of a million reasons why I just I feel so good about where the Browns are right now. I've I've never been this optimistic and this positive about that franchise since I've covered them full time ever. I mean, I, I've gone into seasons thinking, yeah, they, they could do some damage this year. They could be a good football team this year, and then again they go four and twelve and five and eleven. This year, I, I just, I get, I just get. This is the best I've ever felt about that franchise, where they're at, and where they're going to go. Yeah, I think he will earn Odell Beckham Jr.'s trust. That's why I don't question it. I understand why people are questioning it, but I think he's the type of guy, and I do too. Look, he's unproven. He's never been a head coach. He's been an offensive coordinator for eight games. That's the one knock: unproven, inexperienced, but. I think he's relatable. I He's earned Baker's trust, which is the key to the whole ship. All right? Baker controls the ball and where it goes. Yep. And if if he's the leader and Odell and Jarvis buy into Baker, guess who else they're going to buy into? Freddie Kitchens. That's just how it works. It is. Um, so, yeah, I think – don't look now. I just – I don't know, barring injury, and you can say that about any team in any sport ever, but barring injury – this team's going to be damn good. And, and even, I, I don't want to say more importantly, but they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we'll uh, we'll talk more about them. We'll do some Tribe as well. I got to tell you, two things left on the Browns. We got to talk about Duke Johnson a little bit. And the Akron Rubber Ducks doing, doing something for Odell Beckham Jr. Plus, we'll talk Tribe. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm James Rapine. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Cleveland Sports Beat podcast. All right, real quick before we get to Duke Johnson. The Akron Rubber Ducks have a new menu this year, including the OBJ dog. I love it. I love it. Dog check. Odell Beckham Jr., the Akron Rubber Ducks. Right, I, I, I have to look this up now. It, I, I mean, I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, I, have to, I have to see what Amani this Amani Abraham tweeted it out. And, and it is, uh, let's read here. It's hard to read in the image. What's right. on it? This homage to the Browns' newest receiver is a jumbo all-beef hot dog dipped in Louisiana hot sauce and topped with, uh, with bacon jalapeno relish. Here you go. There's a picture of it. I'd try it. Well, you know what? Just looking at that, that definitely says Odell Beckham Jr. to me. Really? No, not really. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I like it. I love it. No? Not a fan? I, I mean, Get ready. I mean, I, Because I'm, the OBJ references. I, I hope they slide a few. I was walking down 4th Street. Free tickets downtown, well. And for those of you who don't know, I live, I live in downtown Cleveland. And I was walking down 4th Street last week. I was going, let's see, it was... Thursday or Friday, guy with shirts, get your Odell shirts, get your Odell shirts. <laughs> and it says Odell effing, but there's the actual word Beckham, and it's an orange shirt. Get ready. <laughs> well, I mean, because listen. there's going to be dog checks, Odell face shirts, there's going to be all types of stuff. Well, listen, Freddie Kitchen. It's going to be insane. When this thing is all said, because we make the jokes about uh, John Dorsey and the sweaters and the clothing line and all that, like Freddie Kitchens is going to have his own t shirt line by the time this year's over with some of the stuff that he says. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it, you're uh, right. You're right. What did whoopty do? Whoopty hell. Whoopty hell. Whoopty hell. He adds hell to everything. Think about it. <laughs> whoopty hell. No one in the history of time has said whoopty hell. Uh, but I'm Freddie I'm t- Kitchens did. He, uh, Freddie Kitchens. You is, wrote about it, by the way, at ninety-two-three-thefan.com. Yeah. Freddie Freddie Kitchens is going to basically uh, be very very profitable for the local T-shirt economy here in Cleveland, Ohio. So so whoopty hell uh, on. Ken and Anthony's show, which they could do Super Bowl, Super Browns, right. he added, hell yeah. Yep. He's a big hell guy. He is. I, uh, I got I no like problem it. with it. No, I, interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, let's dive in. Duke Johnson. He, 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 here's, here's my thing with Duke Johnson. Oh, Duke, is he good enough to demand a trade? I'm asking you. It, it, like, you can't be me and storm into Andy Ross' office and say, I want the hell out of here, and I can't make demands. Like, what? There are certain people in, in, in your industry. If you try it, though, can I do that when you try company? it so yeah. I can see you get laughed at? That's, that's the point. You can't make demands. What, what is He's not good enough. Well, here's, here's the thing. You're Duke Johnson. They don't want grumpy players on your team, okay? And, it, and, 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 and if he's not going to be happy with his touches or his role in the offense or whatever, then get him the hell out of here. 
That's fine. Grant him his wish, but do it on your terms. You know, uh, don't don't do it for the sake of doing it. But uh, I, I don't have I don't have a problem with Duke asking for a trade because I, I recognize he plays the uh, least valuable position in the NFL. I don't necessarily believe that, but that's how teams treat running backs. Is it's the it's a plug and play position, easily replaceable. Kareem Hunt is a better football player than he is. I won't say the Kareem Hunt's a better person than he is because I think Duke's a, a good dude. Um, but you know, he, I think sees the window to be successful in his career and achieve some of the goals that maybe he has personally set out. But if he stays with the Browns, he's going to have to set his personal goals aside and just kind of ride the wave and, and win. Um, apparently he doesn't want to do that and that's fine. It, it's his right. If you know, uh, but you know, I, I just, again, if, as I was, as I was told when I was young, because I, I was a guy, shocking, I know, but when I was in my <laughs> younger years, I was a guy that complained about everything. Um, I just was a miserable person to be around. Just nothing was good enough. Um, I, I just I was just always in a grumpy mood. Uh, and someone probably say what's changed, but um, and I had someone it's a good friend to me that to this day say to me daryl if you're unhappy get happy because no one else is going to make you happy you you have to be happy like that's on you so uh that's kind of my thing with duke if you're unhappy here well then let let's get help you get happy and uh get them out of here um because again uh the browns want people that are all in with the team concept that that was something that really was hammered home yesterday by Freddie Kitchens and echoed by the four players that spoke. And the other thing team. is, is if self-awareness is so important in life. And Oh, it is, yes. Duke and I'm jo- going to tell you right now, there ain't a whole hell of a lot of it in the world. <laughs> Duke Johnson is on almost every football team. Now, there are teams that can use him. Most football teams have a Duke Johnson. It's called James White. Dion Lewis, Giovanni Bernard. I could go on and on and on and on. There are plenty of pass-catching, fast running backs. I, I could do that. But he is the leading pass-catcher as a running back. What are you talking about? For like the last three years combined. Uh, maybe last three years, sure. If you go back that far, is he? He is? Okay. I mean, if you nod, it doesn't. No one, no yeah. one, no one knows your reaction. Oh, I, I keep You're... forgetting this is a podcast, and I've worked in radio for 22 years. So here's the thing. If I'm New England, sure, I'm interested because he's the type of guy that would make sense. I think Chicago, even though they already have one of those guys, makes sense for the offense they want to run. There's going to be a market for him. How much is he worth? Not much because, I mean, uh, what, uh, Bears made a trade last Jordan week. Jordan Howard. For, yeah, Jordan Howard got a netted a 2020, not a 2019, but a 2020 sixth-round pick. So there, there's your value. And that guy averages a thousand yards in his first three seasons. Now, granted, his yardage has tailed off the last three over the three years. Mm-hmm. Um, his carries have gone up, yardage has gone down, yards per carry average obviously down if you do the math. Um, and that's why Chicago traded him. But I'm just saying, a guy that average averages a thousand yards, uh, he had over 900 yards rushing last year for the Bears. They traded him to Philadelphia for a 2020 sixth round pick. That right there. If that doesn't open your eyes about how little respect production at running back gets, 
In the National Football League, I, I don't know what will. If if I'm giving up, let's say it's a sixth, right? I think if I'm the Browns, I keep Duke Johnson. I don't give a damn. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no, no. I do because I don't want that. Listen, if he's not going to buy in, if he's not going to invest in this team, I don't want him around. You know what I think too? I don't think he's. I think he wouldn't. He's Duke Johnson. All right. If I'm suddenly Duke Johnson and I'm on a set with Bruce Willis and Jennifer Aniston, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna follow the damn leader. All right, I'm gonna shut up and do my job. That's you. Not everybody's you, bud. I, I don't know, man. I you think Duke Johnson's really gonna whine and bitch about not yes. getting the ball with uh, an offense that has Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb? No. If anything, again, that's you. I, he's out of his damn mind. Then he's out of his mind. And I would tell he's out of his mind if he thinks he should take priority over any of them. And by the way, then he wouldn't work in New England. Then he wouldn't work in all these places. And then when his contract's up, and I get it, he has one more year. This is his last year of guaranteed money. Then they'll cut him. That might be part of it, too. He wants to get reps before he hits free agency. Because he might get released. He might be a free agent next year. But I don't know. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me that... Can't get paid if you aren't getting touches. He's going to have eight games That's to show NFL. what he can do. Yeah, but here's the... Again... It's the NFL. You can't get paid if you aren't getting the opportunities. And, and, and so from that standpoint, I, I totally get why he'd want out. How about outperform Nick Chubb in practice? Why didn't you do that? He was a rookie last year. Why didn't you do that, Duke? Because he's not an every down. Why didn't you outperform Carlos Hyde? I'm just saying. Right. I, I'm just saying. What, what about the year before that? Why didn't you earn more time? I, sorry, Duke. So that's where I'm at with Duke Johnson. Go ahead. What? You keep no. shrugging. Am I no. wrong? Am no. I off base here? You're not. I'm I know just, I'm crushing him. I'm, I'm just, I'm, cho- I'm choosing my words carefully. Yeah, that's fine. That's all. all right. Well, here, how about this? Duke, if you expect to be a serious component, and by serious, I mean leading factor, leading touch getter on an offense that has OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb, you're out of your damn mind. And, and if again, you also think he doesn't want to be here because it, uh, okay. he knows he's not going to be but, a factor. But if you think you're good enough to demand a trade and think it's going to work, this just isn't going to work out for him. A sixth round pick, I'll just keep him. Just sit him on the bench and use him when I need him. I, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, a- anything else on the Browns before we talk a little tribe? I want to talk about opening day. All right, let's talk how, tribe. How, how was your uh, first opening day? I don't know. You were raining all over my parade. I mean, now we're 40 minutes in on the podcast. We're recording the day after Indians, uh, the, the Indians' home opener, and guess what? It's all Browns. Thanks, Daryl. That was my first home opener I've missed in a quarter century. You big jerk. Mike Clevenger is so much fun to watch. I person. do have to confess. That's part of the reason I was a little salty. Mike Clevenger. With all the Browns. So much yesterday. fun to watch in person. Yeah. I'm serious. But see, I, I like Who that won, type by of the stuff. Way? Are you serious? I know they wore red jerseys. That's about all I know. I love the I w- reds. I worked 17 hours yesterday. Oh, I was a little I busy. I worked 17 hours yesterday. The, you worked 18. I the, know. The reds. The reds. The red. The, the reds jerseys. The reds jerseys. So the red jerseys they are wore the undefeated. Reds. They wore. They wore the reds. Yes. So they're undefeated in the reds. Yeah. I vote that they wear red from here on out. The red jerseys look awesome. I love them. I saw. I saw the. If I'm buying a tribe jersey, that's the one. I, People I, are gonna hate. I, me. I. I. No. I. I saw the. Uh, I hate. I hate the blue jerseys. What not they a, did to them. Not a big fan of the dark. But one, I. I do like the red jerseys. I saw the, those get tweeted out yesterday morning. 
I think they're sharp, especially with the the lame ass block C and the red bill hat. I think the red bill on the hat mm-hmm. makes the block C a little more palatable to deal with. Fair, even though I hate that logo, and I hope that they come up with something a hell of a lot better than that to put on their hats next year and the years to come. But um, yeah, I, I want to know what you thought of uh, you know the ballpark, and uh, that'll probably be the only time you see the ballpark filled unless they make the playoffs this year, because that's just how it rolls here in Cleveland. Uh, you know, what, what were your no, impressions? No, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it filled all-star week, baby. All-star week, For the home week, run right. derby, you're, you're too. Right, you're right, you're when right. When Jose Ramirez does it. Yeah. Let me rephrase. That's That'll right. be the only time you'll see it filled. For less, the Indians. Like, yeah, for the Indians or unless the Yankees come to town and the Indians have won 22. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I uh, Progressive Field's great. Isn't uh, it a great ballpark? I, I still know it as Jacobs Field. I just think of it that way. It's weird right, for better me to call ballpark, it progressive field because I know you're uh, Cincinnati. What do you go with Cincinnati in? Cincinnatiite. What, what's I'm from the... Cincinnati. You could Cincinnatian. Cincinnatian native. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you're a you Cincinnatian. Yeah. You, you know. So as a Cincinnatian, what did you? You're really going to do this? I, I. You're damn right. I am. Um, I can't do fess that. up. I'm not answering. Better that. ballpark. I'm not going to answer it. Great American ballpark in the natty, in the nasty natty down by the river, or progressive field. Um, here, or the ballpark here, formerly known as Jacobs Field. I, I actually, I can say this honestly and kind of dodge the question at the same time. No, don't um, dodge the question. I, I Be love, a man. I, I love Great American Ballpark on the on the riverfront. I also, from what I've seen of Progressive Field, love it. I haven't been around the entire ballpark. Yesterday was a lot of work. It was. It was a lot of work. There was a lot of figuring you out where the downtown. media goes. How could and all you that. not be around downtown? No, I've been around. It's a better neighborhood than Cincinnati, I, that's for sure. Because there's actually downtown. a neighborhood around the ballpark. What? There's a neighborhood around Cincinnati? You haven't Not been there really. in a while. You haven't been there in a while. I was just there for the Browns-Bengals games. The, the ballpark's right wor- next to the and stadium. And you worked the whole time. By the way, I was there, too, and you didn't say hi to me. I was coming here like four days later. Yeah, you, I know. You weren't even on the lookout. You weren't even on the lookout. I was out of the loop. <laughs> you didn't know yet? No. <laughs> oh, really? I honestly had no idea. Oh, okay. I'm glad I, I didn't go up to you like, I, hey, man, I'll see you in four days. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, no, I ha- from what I've seen in Progressive, it's awesome. I haven't seen enough of it to compare. I've been all through okay. Great American Ballpark. I, uh, I, I will say GABP in Cincinnati's newer. The, the one thing I did notice. About eight um, years newer. Because, again, I saw some of the before the, all the festivities in Berea kicked off. I, did, I, I was you know scrolling the Twitter timeline looking at the Trying pictures. Trying to get me beat up here no, or there I, 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 with that question, I, by the way. Of course not. I'm going to beat uh, you I, up I would never done. ask a loaded question. I've never done that in my life. Oh. Um but I, I did see, to steal a line from Major League Two, that they did a little redecorating of the ballpark. Uh, the outfield looks like the yellow pages. There are a lot of ads on the outfield wall now. Um, I was a little disappointed there is not an ad for a proctologist in left center field in tribute to Major League Two, though. I, I was kind of hoping that if, you, if you're if you going to turn it into the yellow pages, you got to have the proctologist. I'm fine with ads right. being back there. I know. I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit of a comedian. Uh-huh. Uh, they've done a great job maintaining I just it, the, the only thing I don't like about that park is, is what they did in, in the right field upper deck and the way they cut the mezzanine the way they did. Because those those mezzanine seats were like my favorite when I wasn't working and I'd go as a fan. It just is uh-huh. because the, those, those mezzanine seats, you basically hung over right field. Okay. Basically, the mezzanine, you know how the club is, the club level on the first base side, mm-hmm. that, how it looks there, was in right field. And basically, and what they, they cut did, it. they cut the front of it off. So that's why there's all that white exposed steel and stuff because they just cut cut that off. Uh, and the reason they did it uh, was because the fans in the lower seats couldn't see the scoreboard. And since they spent a bloody fortune on the scoreboard, 
you know, they wanted those. It makes sense. Yeah, it, 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 it makes sense, but it still sucks because those were like my favorite seats in the park. And also, I hate the fact that they took out the seats in the right field upper deck. Like Camden Yards, nobody goes to Orioles games anymore, okay? Like the Orioles are treated in Baltimore worse than the Indians are treated here in Cleveland at times is from like an attendance standpoint. And Baltimore historically is a great baseball town. Yeah, it's but a they're beautiful. Awful. I understand that. But the one thing I love that the Orioles have done is they've not butchered the seating bowl. Like they they they've left all the seats in and the ballpark looks beautiful. They've updated and maintained. I got no problem with them putting like the the corner in and the the behind the home plate club. That looks really nice. I like the fact that they've, you know, taken that the brick that's on the outside of the ballpark and they've kind of like tried to incorporate that on the interior. I think that's real pretty. Um, I just I hate those damn crates in the upper deck, and it's gonna look like hell. When it's on, when the All Star Game's here, like we're gonna, hey, check out our awesome crates in the right field upper deck where fans can gather and be three miles above the field. Like I hate those; they're so gaudy and ugly. But overall, they have done. It is, it is. They did a magnificent job uh, building that ballpark 25 years ago. I remember opening day. Uh, 1994, like it was yesterday. Wayne Kirby, I think, mm-hmm. threw out the first pitch yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that dribbler down the third baseline going into the left field corner in the 11th inning like <laughs> it was yesterday. Ray, Bob Feller goes to the, the broadcast booth in like the 7th or 8th inning because Randy Johnson's throwing a no-no. And if you ever knew Bob Feller, he and rightfully so, very proud man, Proud of his service to this country in World War II, left in the prime of his career, like many ball players did back in World War II. Uh, but he's the only one to throw a no hitter on opening day. So he goes, and he had a little rat ass in him. There was no way Randy Johnson was going to be throwing a no hitter in the inaugural game in Cleveland's brand new ballpark while he's there. So he goes down to the broadcast booth. The old thing, if you say no hitter enough times, that, you know, yeah. that, you know, so he went in there to talk about Randy throwing a no hitter and sure as hell, bottom of the eighth, base hit, no nos over, and the Indians come back and, and, and win the game. I, I remember like it was yesterday when, when that park opened, and there's been a lot of great moments uh, there. Uh, but yeah, I just, I was kind of curious, like how you, what your thoughts were as someone who hadn't experienced an open day in Cleveland, you know, what you thought of it, the pomp and the circumstance and everything. Cause again, you'll go tomorrow night to the ballpark and there's going to be, it's, it'll be family and friends night. Tomorrow night. There'll be two, 200. Is it a day game tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Okay. Still, there'll be 250 people in the stands tomorrow. So enjoy it. Yeah. I, you want you want me to tell you the, the most exciting part? That's so why I'm trying to talk to you about this. And, yeah, and I want to hear this, the good stuff. Th- this is kind of. I wasn't there. I th- had this to be is, in Berea. This is kind of big time media loser. Okay. So like, but obviously you're in the clubhouse and stuff. Well, Been there walk, before. I know where it's down, at. And you walk through a door, and you're in the dugout. Yep. And you walk up the steps, and, and you're, you're on the field. field. Yep. And it's just like. Every year I shoot that video. I I just I oh, I man. go down yeah. going down the tunnel and up, and then I it, it just. That to me, and I love playing baseball. And the like grass smells so good. It's freshly and, and, and I took a picture right behind a home plate when they were working on the field, probably four well, hours they still, They were the still trying to clear the snow off, weren't they? They had just cleared the snow off. The sun was out. Um, players were, I think there were a couple players on the field, but it wasn't anything crazy yet. And I took a picture of it, and it's just, there's nothing hard to beat, man. Hard to beat right behind opening plate. And 
Yeah, that was one of not the first time in my life that I've done that. That trot from the dugout, you know, from the the clubhouse to the dugout up to the field. But it was one of the few times I had done it. I, I, I'm, I'm glad, I love it. I'm glad you broke your tribe chair. There you go. There you go. Very happy. You're right. You. Now I need to go as a fan. Um, Might be a while. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's not in your deal. <laughs> yeah. Pr- pr- might <laughs> I'm, be I'm a while. I'm pretty sure if the Indians are playing in that park, you're going to be working. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it a ton. Um, there's plenty on opening day. There's plenty on uh, on the tribe as well. And by the way, you'll, the you'll find the press com. box will be a lot less full tomorrow. That's fine. As well. I'm fine with that. I can work. <laughs> I don't really pay attention. That's, I think to the that press. I think that's the other part, and and I and I say this because I'm all I'm very guilty of it because I, I cover the Browns. They're back in my years ago. Uh, I used to cover all three teams in town, and I like had the Iron Man streak going. Like I was the guy if the the Indians, Browns, or Cavs were playing, I was there, and I, I Maniacta, the Eric Wedge era, Charlie Manuel era. Uh, I, I was in that park every single night, not so much anymore, uh, because again, my responsibilities mean that I'm in Berea covering the Browns. And also I don't like, I, now that I'm older, I don't like being one of those media people that goes just to go. And then I'm in the way of everybody there. It's actually trying to work and, and, you know, do, so I, I, I've stayed away the, the last couple of years out of respect to the people that are on that beat that you know cover that team regularly but uh i became the guy that showed up on opening day or you know if i needed to cover a playoff game or whatever uh and so i became one of those guys you know the the flybys that shows up on opening day and you don't see him the rest of the year i became that guy and like i said yesterday was the first opener home opener that i have not been to and i would probably say a quarter century it's <sighs> Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's been a long time and, and I'm kind of old school. Like I got, a, I, I got, I had to actually delete the tweets on Twitter cause like my phone would not stop ringing and I'm trying to sleep. Uh, I was very critical of the Browns having all that stuff yesterday on opening day because I'm just old school in the sense of that to me, opening day is a holiday. It's all about the Indians. It's a special day. And, um, and so, to me, the world stops. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the world, it, it it it's my favorite day of the year. The world comes to an end. The only thing matters is the Cleveland Indians are playing their first home baseball game. Yeah. And so I admit I was a little salty that I had to, instead of working with you yesterday, I had to be in Berea covering the event of events. Oh yeah, what the event that. 10 years from now, we're going to be like, hey, right. remember where you were when Odell Beckham Jr. sat at a table with Jarvis Landry in Baker Mayfield and, uh, and Miles Garrett by and, the way, I and Freddie Kitchens talk? I did kind uh, of feel bad for Miles yesterday because like, he, he, like, he got asked one question <laughs> for the entire press conference, and it was something about like Steve Wilkes or whatever. But no, I, I, I love opening day. It's such a great event. Um, I, I'm a baseball fan. You've mentioned that you're you're big into the NFL draft. Well, I am. I'm a big baseball fan. I grew up with baseball my whole life. My dad coached it. I tried to play it. I sucked. Um, I was pretty good. I I wasn't. I I, I have. Problems. I wasn't great. I was good. I have. Uh, I I have like one eye that like really works really well, and I have another eye that like just doesn't work. Like it's just there for decoration. And so when they said good eye, right. Literally, they, they yeah, literally like it. it I, <laughs> I'm I, bad I, at jokes, Daryl. <laughs> I, yeah, but you, here's the thing: 
while you're trying to crack a joke, sadly, it's true. I was very good at drawing walks. In fact, I prayed for them. <laughs> That's fair. Be- because I would then turn it into a double because I was very good at stealing bases. Gotcha. So, um, but uh, yeah, I just, I love baseball. I, I kind of hate what like Major League Baseball is trying to do to the game and how they're trying to screw it up, but with some of the, the rules that they, they, they're, they're putting in place. But yeah, opening day is like my favorite day of the year. Like the, the it, it just, it is. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you, you got to enjoy it and experience it a little bit. Now you get into the everyday grind of a, of a season. Been there, done that. I know what you're going to go through. I feel you because I've done it. But I, I think that you're going to enjoy it. Tito, obviously, I'm sure you've already seen. Mm-hmm. He's great to, to talk to and, and work with. Uh, as long as you treat him with respect, he treats you with respect. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I think you're going to have fun covering that team. I'm, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. Are they going to be any good? That's what I need to know. Well, here's the thing: is today we didn't would... they win like on walks? I read your thing, but while to, we were waiting to come in and today, do the podcast, we would have pulled up your story. Completely, completely different. Talking about the Indians, had they lost yesterday, <laughs> the bullpen collapsed. Think about <laughs> it. They weren't getting hits. They only had one run in the eighth inning. Were the, were the hot takes flying yesterday? And then they scored four runs. How many times did you read? All right, let me ask you this: because I've done this, how many times did you have to rewrite your story yesterday? So I had a lead. Okay. And I had most of it done. Okay. And I prematurely was getting it done, but still. I, <laughs> no, that's what you do. And, and then, yeah, yeah. And then the White Sox had to go and score three runs in the eighth. <laughs> so then I have a whole nother lead, and I'm like, all right, I can take a lot of the information about Clevenger who pitched his tail off and still use that. And then the Indians storm back, and I'm like, all right, I'm going back to my original story and just changing a couple things. <laughs> so it was a good start. It was a good start. It was. It really you didn't was. Answer how many times? No, so two. two. That's twice. All. Yeah. Well, that sucks. What? When you change it like four or five times, then you can come talk. To no, me. I. <laughs> no, you, you see, because I I didn't even start writing it until bottom seven. Okay. It was after Clevenger got out of the the seventh inning, and can I, I give you a tip. What? You probably should start writing in the first inning. No way. You, you'll you'll find your night goes a lot faster. No, I take I have notes, <laughs> but like start like writing in the first inning. Hell yeah. Hell no. What? Yeah. Right? What in the first inning? You can write some stuff. The Indians didn't do anything until the sixth. There was no runs. You got to talk to guys before the game. You got to talk to Skipper before the game. There's probably a little nugget or two you could have slid I in. I had some stuff transcribed. Yeah. yeah. I had some quotes if I needed that. But those are in my pregame notes. It was opening day. <laughs> Just give it your Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You jerk. That's Dale Ryder. That's exactly you, what I do, man. If you want more writing from Ryder, check it out at 923thefan.com. <laughs> There's a lot there on the Browns on Odell Beckham Jr. There's a commercial featuring both Jarvis Landry and OBJ. I posted that, by the way, because I'm a nice guy. You did. I Actually, I sent it to Ben, who is our, our, our No, our You main... don't need to explain I know, it. I'm I just a nice guy. No, 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 no. no. no this, really? is, this is what we do on the podcast. We peel back the curtain, you know. I was a little busy yesterday, but I got the email from Nike that they had this spot. I was like, hey, this would be some great content. So I sent it over to our web guy, Ben. And uh, then I looked on the website and saw he handed it off to you. So I was like, oh, okay, awesome. Not yeah. awesome because I know James is opening day. I didn't mean for James to have to. Well, Ben was at opening day, too. I, I know. I, See, I... not everyone has to pay attention to the Browns <laughs> on opening day. Well, It's the home opener, and you do that. All right, so what, what were your – what were your um, because here's here's my thing with the Indians right now. Because I, I saw some of the hot takes over the weekend in Minnesota. Oh, the offense sucks, and they do. oh my God, they're going to have to pitch one to nothing ball games if they're going to have any. Listen, they're 
four games in now, right? Four. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was game number they're four. Two tomorrow. And two. Okay. So they're four games into this. They're star shortstop. Hopefully sometime today we'll find out if he's lost for the season or not or, or whatever's going on with his, his ankle, right? Mm-hmm. He jacked up his ankle. We'll find out what's going on with that. It's too, it's too early. Like, can we cool the Indians' hot takes right now? And listen, I'm just as guilty as anyone of Indians' hot takes. I admit that. But can we just – and I realize we, you know, we have to talk about stuff and we have to write about stuff, but from a fan perspective, guys, chill. Relax. It's 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 early. This isn't the lineup that you're going to see in September. At least I pray to God it's not the lineup we're going to see in September. They got to figure out the bullpen. Uh, Terry's got to figure. Francona's got to figure out what he can do in the outfield. What kind of combinations work? We got a ways to go here. Like, can we just stop with the Indians suck? Let's bail on the season and forget they exist. That's why winning yesterday was so important. Because had they lost, it would have been because the bats. So I'm not wrong. It would have been well. No, it's yeah. It's early. We're four games into okay. a 162 game season. You're correct. It's okay, early. thank you. I, 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 you're right. It's I, early. I, I feel like I'm pulling teeth here for you to tell me that I'm right about something. No, you're right. It, it, it doesn't happen right. often, but. but very rare. You're right. Um, see, save that, save that one right there. But the reality is, is if they had lost yesterday in front of a sellout crowd, in front of everybody watching at home or listening on the radio, guess what would have happened? Everyone would have been like, "See, we told you the bullpen sucks. See, we told you they can't hit." And they would have tuned them out for a month, regardless. I really think that a lot of casual fans, and instead they come back, they win. And even though the bullpen kind of went off the rails, even though the hitting wasn't there, even though they had a season I eight hits, it's okay. You feel better about it. Terry Francona's all smiles after the game. Mike Clevenger excited after the game. The locker room or the the clubhouse excited. So yeah, it's just it's one of those things where winning cures. Winning cures the uh, what ails you, and it certainly did yesterday. And we'd the be, late Al Davis said it best: "Just win, baby." Yeah, and they did, and they have issues, and they're going to continue to have issues. But with Carlos Gonzalez coming up, and I think he'll come up later this month. Bradley Zimmer now, will get healthier. Did, now, there, what's his deal? What are they just getting ready? Because okay, he just... joined them so late in spring. Okay. He hasn't had the at-bats. He hasn't had anything. It would be a disservice to bring him up now. So they're just trying to get him ramped so, up. So, so he'll he play can come Thursday for the Columbus Clippers. That'll be his first uh, first stint. And he has an opt-out on the 20th of April. So if they don't decide to bring him up, he'll be gone. Odds are I think he'll be up. Well, didn't they just have someone that had an opt-out, but they brought him back on a minor league deal too? Um, well, they moved on from Ryan Flaherty. Okay. A shortstop. I and thought then they brought I, him back on a minor league deal. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Okay. After Lindor re-injured Got his hurt. ankle. So, yeah. yes, down the lookout for that. We'll have uh, info on that at 923thefan.com. We'll have plenty of Brown stuff on the website as well. Tribe all season long. Cavs with the draft coming up. They lost yesterday, by the way. Only one game out of the second worst record in the league, baby. Keep losing! I want Zion. Dude. I knew you were when I saw that final score last night. I knew you just lose, baby. You went Baker Mayfield when Baker saw that he got Jarvis Landry to throw to. Like you, that's right. When you saw that final score against the Suns, I that, need that L's, wine and gold L's, because then it'll bring Mister Zion. That's what I want. That's what you think. For Daryl Ryder, I'm James Erpine. Make sure you leave us a five star review. That's five stars on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Google Play, Stitcher, and every podcast posted at 923thefan.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.